Hello. Hello. This will be the intro then, would it? It would. This is where we start. Stuff. Promisingly. Promisingly. Mm. That's a long word. Welcome to episode three of Frithcast. Hello. 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 Episode three. The episode where it goes really, really dark, really, really quickly. Dark. Dark. You do that better than I. I don't know, I can't do that. Can you not? No, I... Just use your hands, it's much easier. There we go. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite got the... I could go... No! No. We can't do that anyway. It's doing the whole copyrighty thing. That's true. Also, he's a badass now anyway. He is a badass Mm. now. Welcome to episode three. Yes, that. We did that. We did that. Yes. So what are we going to be doing today? Well, we ended episode two looking at... Where did we end episode two? Sometime last week. Yes, I know last week, when, I mean, when in the conversation, we were talking about the value shift. That's right, yes. Between the societies that were and the societies now. Yes, that's right, we were. We'd looked at, I'll try that again. Please do. Hang on. (laughs) Beep. (laughs) Beep. You're doing your own beeps now. It's like doing your own stunts on audio. Yeah, yeah, always. (laughs) Beep. Beep. Uh, Right, take 14. How many? Did I, did I sleep through a few of these? Mostly about 14. It's No, it's all right. It's just missing time. You get that around here. Oh, God. It's anomalous uh, I'm temporal... I'm missing coffee, but not missing time. It's anomalous temporal uh, 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 me. See, most people call that going to work. Yeah, true. So we were talking about the ethics of... Or we were going to talk about the ethics of the... Old Norse culture, such as you might find in the 10th century or thereabouts, uh, and how the ethics and the values might have translated their way down to modern-day heathenry. Yeah, let's start there. Let's start there. Okay. You're talking about the the, the shift in, in in values between what we might think of as the sort of the classical Viking age, um, yes, yeah. and the living faith as it exists now. Yes. Um, I mean, we've obviously got plenty of time to, to to kind of explore these things and how that has shifted mm-hmm. over the um, uh, over the years, over the centuries. But I think for the purposes we've got here today, how would you summarize if you can summarize i mean maybe a huge huge big thing would you are there specific sort of values tenets whatever you want to call them that that a heathen would hold to today that are are fairly common to the 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 sort of whole community or or is it is it is it literally all a case of you know however you interpret certain things no i think i can probably sum it up quite easy in one sentence okay the ethics, I think, we'll probably leave for another day because that's sure. delving into kind of 
that's that's coffee and cake territory rather than just coffee that's, territory. No, that's, absolutely. That's kind of in there. That's cool. I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of <clears throat> whereas, I mean, for example, if I take Christianity, and mm. I, obviously I'm speaking of you know somebody else's faith. So if any any Christians are listening, and I'm I'm misrepresenting, I do apologise. Please feel free to let me know in the comments. But in any case, um, if I think about Christianity, I can look at a religion that has many many different forms, many denominations, whatever you want to call it. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Many Christians who believe quite different things, but there is this central uh, this central acceptance of Jesus as the embodiment of God on earth, the, the, the redeemer of sin, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's like a kind of central theme, and they might have lots of different ways of approaching that or interpreting that, but that's kind of the central commonality. So are there, are there sort of central commonalities for heathens in terms of the way they live their lives today. Yeah, I think modern heathens can be very aware of the ethics, mm. being very, very ethical in their life choices, in the way they treat other people. Mm. And I think the understanding for modern heathenry, for me, the central tenet that people may interpret differently and may look at, but it all eventually comes back to is, don't be a dick. Don't, well, fair enough. I can't... Uh... I can't argue with a with a, a commandment like that. No, it's <laughs> it's fairly basic. It's fairly straightforward. It's um, fairly don't be a dick. Like be a dick. Yeah. Yes, like you know. Um, I hate to say, you know, values of dick may vary, but don't be a dick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> shall we leave it there? I can hear that. I can we've probably, you know, given the listeners quite some some deep and meaningful thoughts to go into. <laughs> we might have we might have as well. Yeah, I say. I mean, it's just it's just a case of sort of basic exploration of the fundamentals. Yes, like. I'm fundamental. Not, I'm not saying fundamentalism. I'm just no the fundamentals. I think it pretty much all boils down to that, basically. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So what in how would I go about? Not being. Just briefly, how would I go about not being a dick? What are the... What are the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are the things I need to watch out for? <laughs> oh. I just catch my breath a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are some heathens who look at what they call the nine noble virtues or the nine values. Okay. So they are things like honour, loyalty, truth, strength, perseverance, industriousness, self-reliance. Okay. A lot of those boil down to when you're dealing with other people or you're dealing with the gods or you're dealing with the spirits of the land, which I'll go into next time, don't worry. Mm -hmm. most, most of those boil down to don't be a dick. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I might go so far as to say a lot of the world's major religions will go down to that. It's just that they interpret it in a lot of different ways. They are all... Essentially, at heart, uh, sort of prescriptions for how to behave in communities and, and, yes. and, and, and so on. And a lot of them have a, uh, a particular moral sort of dimension saying, you know, do treat people like this, don't treat people like that. Yes. Yeah, and so yeah. on. So this is and, the, and these are for heathenry. The, these are <clears> the, 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 the virtues that you've described. So these are things that a heathen will aspire to 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 embody themselves. Some will. 
Okay. Not every heathen chooses to look at those and feel that that's their way through. Okay. But for me, the nine values are something that I try and strive for all the time. But yeah, essentially not being a complete burke yeah. to anybody or to anything, but without being a detriment to my own self. Okay. So there are there is a sort of ethical element to the the, the, the way you look at things. Um, <clears throat> We've obviously t- we've touched very very briefly on the cosmology, which is something that I think probably warrants a, a, a bigger a, exploration a, on its own, a thing of its own. So we, we might come back to that because uh, that way lies the, the 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 stories that you've told me about the nine worlds and the world tree and all that kind of thing. Which and uh, Ratatosk and Ratatosk, poor lad, poor lad. Um, <laughs> next time, <laughs> next time. The, the <clears throat> stories that I. I I find absolutely fascinating um, the, the the whole sort of concept of, of there being these various planes, realms, whatever you want to call. So we've we've sort of touched on that. We've t- you know you spoke a little bit about the kind of ethical side of things. I'm looking at the sort of just the kind of the basics. Mm-hmm. Can you just quickly tell me uh, quickly describe the nature of the gods? No. Okay. <laughs> I can, for but example, it won't be quick. <laughs> um, for example, in uh, some elements of paganism, you will find people who uh, look to particular gods as representations of natural forces or of yes, yeah. elements of human nature. I mean, in Roman paganism, <clears throat> you have, for example, Neptune, the god of the sea, or Poseidon in Greek, is always represented in mythology as a person with the trident and all that kind of thing. It has that whole kind of toast and fork thing <clears throat> going on. He does have the toast and fork thing going on. Okay, just checking I've got the right <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but Neptune is an embodiment of the sea. So can be kind and bountiful and generous and whatever, can be furious and murderous and whatever mm. as the mood takes him. But So he is this kind of symbolic representation of the ocean. Whereas other people will sort of look at look on the gods as being people that you might meet that might actually, you know, be appear to you and, and converse with you or whatever. I mean, how, how do you sort of see, uh, how do you sort of see deity in that respect? And is it, is it, would that be something that's common to, to, to all heathens or? I think the understanding of what deity represents, what any of the deities, what any of the gods represent is very personal. Okay. <clears throat> um, some of the gods you have, you remember me saying right at the beginning of the myth cycle, there is a war conflict between two sets of gods yes so you have the Aesir is one set and the Vanir are another set okay commonly in in prayer or in books or in academics texts or in discussions on heathenry you'll see those two groups referenced a lot and after the conflict they come together they kind of reach a very uneasy peace they actually swap hostages for a little while and some of the Vanir come and live with the Aesir in Asgard and Halls and some of the Aesir go and live with the Vanir. All right. Kind of works and kind of doesn't. Does it hold the peace? Uh, ish. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit of a prickly piece, mm. um, but it holds. The Vanir are closer to what you would say for the gods of the natural world. Okay. You have We have two gods for the sea. So one for the sort of the coastal waters, the shallow waters, the rivers. One for... The deeper oceans. Okay. So, are the, so the, the the sea gods, they are both. Are, one is Aesir, one is Vanir. Yes. Uh, no, both are Vanir. Oh, both are Vanir because they're natural. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you have 
gods that are connected with fertility of crops in the fields, bountiful harvests, fertility of the people okay. was a huge thing uh, in that kind of society, in the society that was then, mm. maybe not so much now. And you have the Aesir who are, they are less focused on the natural world and more focused on other aspects, if that makes sense. They're, They're more about people? Uh, more about people. Um, if you look at the old father, he has many, many different names, mm. each invoking a very specific aspect of his responsibilities, if you like. So he is Lord of Battle, Lord of War, Lord of Poetry. War poetry? Possibly, but, you know, poetry in general and war, battle, magic. So not quite focused on the natural world. Okay. But there are tales of him wandering the realms. Right. When you sort of say, are they embodiments of concepts or embodiments of nature, or are they actual physical people? They're kind of a whole wibbly-wobbly... It depends on who's looking. Yes. Okay. It so depends on who's looking. True of many things. It depends on who's looking back at you mm. as well. For me, the gods can take many forms. Okay. There is... The concept of hospitality is huge, and there is a warning to say, don't turn away the weary traveller from your door because he may be the all-father. All right, so, yeah... But travel is a whole different concept in in the worlds that were in that sort of ninth and tenth century universe. Their understanding of the world around them was very different to our understanding of the world around them. Mm -hmm. So their virtue of hospitality was almost a necessity for those. Uh, there's a whole document on uh, called the Havamal, which is essentially Norse etiquette, okay. Viking etiquette which you never quite figure that those two words would actually go together in a sentence and relate to each other, but they do. Um, and that spends an awful lot of its time talking about guest right, how you behave when you're in somebody else's home or hall or lands, and how, as a host, you behave and how, as a guest, you behave. Okay. Um, heathenry is the one with the homework, but it can be a challenge sometimes, especially when you've been inspired to look at faith closer mm -hmm. or you're very new to it and you're thinking well where do I start what books do I read who do I talk to yeah. where can I ask questions in a fairly safe environment where I'm not going to get yelled at for saying oh you should know that <laughs> so sometimes it can be a difficult thing to start mm -hmm. and in my own personal experience wanting UPG stuff the gods have never spoon fed me the information I need they've okay. just kicked me in the direction I need to go to find it <laughs> So they're not subtle. They're more likely to be very blunt. Okay. I have never mistaken their influence for anything else other than oh, fair that. Enough. So they're they're not. They don't they don't sneak around and 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 kind of expect you to solve riddles and. Some of them do. Yeah. It's certainly it's a faith where you look on the gods almost as elder members of your own family. Okay. You give them respect and you listen to their wisdom but you don't necessarily kneel at their feet. Hmm. You can take them a difficult situation that you may be facing and say, how do I get my head around this? I'll do it, but I just need you to point me the right direction. Yeah. Give me the tools and I can do it myself. Give me, to be fair, saying give me to a god is never a good idea. Well, no. It sounds a little <laughs> bit as though, yeah, it sounds like a very reciprocal sort of relationship. Yes. In a way. If, if you're Done sort very of... carefully. You're not being completely obsedient to them. I'm trying obsedient to, to them? Is that a word? Obsequious? 
Obsequious. Obsequious. That is so going to win me triple score in Scrabble. Do you know where I learned the word obsequious? No. Christmas cracker. No. Postman. When I no. What? Postman. Obsequious. Yeah. I am. I don't think I can even spell that. It's word. basically grovelling. Right. No. Don't. So we're not grovelling. Come to them obsequious, but don't come to them as you would a Roman going to their gods. It isn't a business transaction. Okay. It isn't a kind of you do me this and I will sacrifice you a bull. Yeah. Okay. It's not that kind of. You know, you're not paying the gods for their skills. Mm. It's a practical interaction. It's a practical it is, relationship, but not a not a completely... It's not a subservient one. Yeah. It isn't one way you can just read one book and know it. Mm. You kind of have to build up a store of knowledge and you have to work at that relationship, just as you have to work at a relationship with any member of your family. Yeah. You can't just not speak to them for two years and then knock on and say, oh, do you mind if I borrow your car? For a fortnight. Yeah. And can I kick you out of your house and... You want to cultivate that relationship a little bit before you drop Continually the... cultivate yeah. that good relationship. So a lot of heathens that I understand, certainly myself, have two or three of the gods that they, they best connect with. Okay. And you may then come to a point where a new deity, you either read about them or you find a prayer or a poem or a, a picture can just set that spark off and you think I need to learn more about them mm. and you may then the next time you come around to doing prayer or offering you may offer them a little bit maybe not a whole lot to start with there is a very measured way of looking at offering okay it's better not to offer than to offer too much right okay so you balance that reciprocity you can't give a hugely expensive gift or sacrifice and expect one of the same value in return mm. Because if you do that to um, a member of the Aesir or Vanir, you are going to get one resentful deity looking at you going, mm, no, that's not how this works. And this would be because they, they feel sort of unduly indebted to you. Yes, you have in uh, 9th, 10th, 11th century societies, you have a huge emphasis on societal reciprocity. Okay. I can't believe I actually managed to say that without that chipping it That was really good. Quite impressed. Yeah. yeah. It basically and it means and it means because it was reasonably in the clear we can cut it out and then we can store it and then any time you need to use it in the future we can just paste it in. That'd be awesome. Can we do that? Yeah. Oh, wicked. So that basically meant that the lord of a particular area that you may be in, you may be living within his lands, would share out the wealth that he had. Okay. The aim in those societies is not to hoard. The wealth that you have because that can cause you to have greed which is a sickness not only on you as a leader but also on the society that you lead yeah because you're not sharing out you're not keeping that wealth flowing through the people that are under your care yeah so you are withholding their ability to gain wealth which means that their ability to pay for things is severely curtailed so a lord couldn't give things that he knew that people weren't allowed weren't capable of repaying okay kind of like the whole bank what is it they call it now where they check that you're actually able to pay the loans back oh like credit checks and things yeah like credit checks but they do that kind of customer ethic thing whereas a few years ago they didn't Mm -hmm. and they just said oh you want a loan here you go and we'll take you to court when you can't pay it so eighth ninth and tenth century societies had yes they had that system of reciprocity but they had a very strict set of ethics covering it 
that meant that you couldn't give somebody a gift that you knew that they weren't capable of repaying. Okay. So just to sort of summarise then, so we have a, a dynamic that is not, not entirely as the Roman one would have been, whereby you, if you want something from a god, you pay. Yes. Uh, so you offer a, a sacrifice <clears throat> or you build a building or whatever it is you're going to, you dedicate a building, whatever it is you're going to do. And there has to be some equation of value. But it, at the same time, it's not sort of, you're not wholly dependent on the, can I say, the sort of transient goodwill of a transcendent deity. So whereas <laughs> you have to trust in, in certain in certain faiths, you would have to trust that the deity knows what they're doing uh, and that, you know, you you or we as people basically just need to put up with whatever it is. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, <clears throat> in, you, you can't we can't see the bigger picture in a very basic understanding. Yes. But mm. it gets a little bit more complicated. But with that for later, later, later podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think what you're describing is, a, 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 as I think you said, it's more it's more of a sort of familial relationship. But you are treating the gods as as kind of revered elders rather than rather than somebody that's a <laughs> completely out of reach mm. or b somebody that is 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 kind of almost your equal and, a, and a, like a business partner. So it's 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 neither one thing nor it's yeah. neither that nor that. But yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Okay, go with that. So, so hopefully you might have understood the the basics of things. I know this this is where it starts getting, this is where the story really starts, and it starts <laughs> getting a little bit more complicated because on top of that there are layers of other considerations and information. But as a starting point, we've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so as a starting point, I think that's probably a good place to start. Okay. So yeah, that, that that's good. So sort of in 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 future, we'll come back and we'll look at things like cosmology. We'll look at the ethics uh, and, and and that kind of kind of affair. Yes. Um, yeah. And sort of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Alrighty. And as with last time, if uh, anybody out there in internet land has any thoughts they'd like to share with us, or um, suggestions, or I was going to say abuse. We'd rather not abuse, but no, you know, we, no, no. It is, it is out that to be fair. It is the internet, <laughs> so we have to bear the, bear these things in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, if they, if 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 uh, you do have anything you want to you want to sort of share with us, or any any questions you want to ask Suzanne, um, who is the uh, the heathen expert between us. Expert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> then by all means, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Sorry, but I'll sit back in a minute. By all means, I'll 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 just take over for a minute, uh, nice. listener. If you wanna, if you wanna just you you just stay with me and let her sort herself out in in in, 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 the, in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you if you any, anything you wanna ask us or whatever, then just sling us a quick line. Um, we can be found on Facebook. Yes. Both of us. Yes. Yeah. And they can recognise you're the right one because you have a little woolly Viking. I have a little toy Viking. Not a little woolly Viking, a little toy Viking. The dude who's sitting on top of our cooker at the moment. He is. He's the kitchen spirit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, talk about that next time too. Yeah, yeah. Or you can find uh, Suzanne on Twitter. Or... Yeah. Um, and if you have anything you want to ask me or tell me, uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter as Kate Coldwin. And you can also find me on Google Plus. Uh, any of those will do. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. And Indeed. we'll talk to you again next time. See you next time.